Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show number 73, released on January 26, 2011, the first one for the year. My name is Steve Eunice, and joining me is my new co-host, Scotty V. G'day, Scotty. Hello, Steve. How is it today? Good. How are you? Good. Doing well. That's good. How's the new year treating you so far? Oh, pretty well. Yeah. It's interesting, this 2011. We're getting a lot of snow here in the States. Uh-huh. And uh, what part of America are you from for everybody? Uh, Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. Well, uh, we're uh, basking in the heat of summer at the moment. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a... I knew that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't realize that... Uh, you know, people say to me, how, how strange is it for you that you celebrate the holiday seasons at Christmas and everything uh, in summer, you know, spending it at the beach and at the pools and where you guys <laughs> uh, are snowmen and uh, what have you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, lucky you guys. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd much prefer the uh, the summer holidays than uh, at Christmas time than, uh, than the winter, but uh, it's just the way it's always been for me, so I know nothing different. It is the way it is. That's it. Uh, now, this is your first uh, Radio KL as the co-host. You uh, joined Neil and I for the end of the last one. Uh, what are you looking forward to most about doing this podcast? I just love talking about Superman, talking about Superman-related related things. Uh, cool. I talk people's ear off on a daily basis, and they laugh at me sometimes, or sometimes they go, oh, really? You know. <laughs> but uh, I tend to not, uh, not shut up when it comes to that. So. Oh, well, there you go. All right, well, uh, let's get into our discussion topics. Now, we'll start with TV uh, talk. Uh, at the moment, we're waiting for the uh, return of Smallville for the remainder of the 10th and final season of the show. Uh, January 28th is uh, when the next new episode will air in the US, and the episode is titled Collateral, and it sees Chloe returning. Exciting. I've been waiting. Yeah, now she's, we're not sure whether or not she's uh, going to be, um, you know, there's been a, you know, we've seen some of those uh, trailers, if you like, and, uh, and, and sneak previews from this episode, and it seems to be that whether or not she's a villain or whether she's actually a friend, still Clark's friend. What do you make of that? Well, I tend to think that it's it's those drama people creating arbitrary tension just for the sake of getting people excited. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's she's yeah, it's a bit weird to see uh, Chloe coming back. I mean, she was a regular cast member for all previous nine seasons, and now here she's only being really a. a you know, a guest character, I suppose, uh, in season 10. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they finish off her, her character for Smallville. Well, even when she was on uh, in season 9, I thought she wasn't really used too particularly well and kind of used in small parts. She was almost like a guest star even, even last season. Yeah, so uh, we'll wait and see what Collateral delivers on January 28th. Uh, now, we're hearing that... Uh, Smallville, everybody knows, is, is its own thing, does its own thing. Now we're hearing that Lois is going to be helping Clark form a secret identity in this version of the character story, where in all previous ones, really, the whole triangle between Clark, Lois and Superman has been um, the driving force of the story. Here we are having Lois helping Clark to create the identity of Superman. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of an interesting little twist. Um you know, we did have kind of a triangle with her and the blur before she, mm. before she knew 
that Clark was uh, was the blur. So we had a little bit of that, but of course not as much as it usually is. Usually it's a real big part of the mythos. The fact that somehow Lois doesn't know, somehow uh, she goes years knowing Clark without a- actually figuring it out, and uh, he's already got that secret identity. So yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting little uh, spin. Yeah, it's a it's a new take on it, and uh, Smallville does that. I mean, you know, from the very first episode, the pilot episode, we had the meteor shower, and you know, and everyone, uh, which was a unique way of saying. Why didn't anybody see this rocket ship coming, landing in Smallville's in modern day technology with the radars and what have you? So from the very first episode, they've always had their own twist on things. And uh, this is just the latest in a long line of twists for Smallville. It's what they do. And I've, I, you know, for a while I was one of the, one of the people who kind of was annoyed that they did their own thing and, and uh, said, you know, this isn't Superman. This isn't the way it's supposed to be. But you know, I come to realize that what 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 does the way it's supposed to be really mean? Mm. I mean, uh, we all have different stories we read. We have different takes on different things, and this is just kind of a you know a lot of people like to use the word else worlds. It's kind of a you know like you said, it's its own thing. And once you kind of accept that and understand that, I think you can just go along for the ride, and it's it's a fun time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we shouldn't try to connect Smallville with what's happened in previous versions or what's happening in the comic books or what we think is the known, uh, you know, origin for the character. I still uh, look forward with interest and, and with a bit of skepticism as to how they're going to... Okay, Lois is in on his secret identity, but how is the rest of the world not going to know that Clark and Superman are the same when they've seen Clark all along, um, you know, without his spectacles, without any type of, um, you know, uh, mild-mannered persona. It's true. I don't really see a way around it, uh, the way they've kind of painted themselves into a corner with that one. Yeah, well, a lot of people are saying, you know, maybe he goes around and super kisses everybody, but... uh... (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe Zatanna has something to do with it. Who knows? I mean, it'll be interesting to see whether or not they actually do um, cover that or whether they just gloss over it and expect everybody to just, um, you know, that Clark's really not that well-known, that, you know, he's okay. He's only in the basement of the Daily Planet. Maybe he's not that well-known. But you've got to think that Lex Luthor, that, um, you know, all these other people who have incidentally come across him, uh, even a lot of the villains, you know, that he's come across uh, would have to make the connection, but uh, we'll wait and see how they uh, they look at that and how what they do with that. But um, other episodes coming up, we've got a Jeff Johns written episode, and you know everyone knows Jeff Johns from the comic books, and we've known him from Smallville with the great episodes that he's done with the uh, Ju- Justice Society of America coming in, and uh, with the other episode, the two parter that he did, and now we've got him doing a Booster Gold episode, a title titled Booster. That'll have Booster Gold and Blue Beetle um, with Ted Cord also in the mix. Yeah, you know what I like about Smallville is that uh, unlike any other series, superhero related, they seem to be willing to do these other characters. Um, and I waited for years saying, ah, why couldn't it really be aliens? You know, they had an episode a few years ago where uh, there was a kid going to school with Clark and uh, he supposedly was an alien, but then at the end it, it, they 
tried to make it look like he was kind of just a little insane and uh, it wasn't an alien ship coming to see him. And I was disappointed because it wasn't really aliens. And I mm-hmm. said, well, why can't we? I mean, we have aliens and other super things in the comics. And it seems like uh, over the last few years, they've been willing to open up that door and, and bring in other heroes. And I love that. And I, I think Jeff Johns has done a fantastic job. And I'm sure this episode's uh, going to be another uh, another gangbuster. Yeah, and to play devil's advocate, you know, on the on the flip side of things, you know, this is supposed to be a show about Clark Kent becoming Superman. Are all these other heroes, these other DC Universe characters, uh, detracting from the story? You know, are, the, are we losing the focus uh, about what's what this show is supposed to be about by bringing in all these other tertiary characters and having them be the focus of episodes rather than Clark's journey to becoming Superman? You know, I I also find myself agreeing with you on that end as well a little bit. Uh, Although I think that if we go that route, Smallville kind of lost their way a great many years ago. So (laughs) they're kind of doing their own thing again. And they're just there. It's almost like the title of the show should be DC Universe starring Clark Kent or something along those lines where he's kind of the main guy. But there's a lot of other stuff going on. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh... That is, uh, we are into the final stretch of episodes for season 10, which is the final season of the show. Uh, (laughs) There are persisting rumors. Well, there are persisting rumors, but, uh, you know, uh, we're just, you know, we've been told this is the final season and we believe that and there's no other real evidence to, uh, to the contrary other than persistent rumors that really don't have any basis in reality. So, um... You know, really, how much longer can they drag the show out? You know, surely, yeah. if they are going to c- extend it, then it needs to become a Superman show with him in the costume, not a uh, show about Smallville, about Clark Kent becoming Superman. This season has to find finish with him becoming Superman. I know that that's what a lot of people want, and it certainly looks like they're swaying toward that, but then you got to go to the whole... Uh, no flights, no tights rule that was set up supposedly by Tom Welling himself. Mm. Uh, I was in the uh, Superman celebration when Allison Mack was yep, there, and it I was, was she who, who perpetrated that supposed uh, bit of history that it was Tom Welling that, that said that. And if that's the case, uh, I think he's probably gotten over that by now. Yeah, well, that was in 2008, and uh, you'd have to think that if nothing else, we would have to see a parting shot in the final seconds of the show, if not a whole episode of him in the Superman costume. That would just... You know, if we only saw the back of the cape like we've seen in in glimpses, then that I think would disappoint a lot of fans. Oh yeah, it's going to have to be a little bit more than that because they've already given us that. We yeah. even got uh, uh, a little more than that flying. Uh, what was that? The reflection off the globe in uh, that episode a few a few seasons ago. That's right, and uh, we've also got the costume sitting in the fortress. So, right. Yeah. And uh, what what do you make of this whole? Um, uh, they keep using shots from Superman Returns to not only advertise Smallville, but uh, also the suit that they're using seems to be the Superman Returns costume, the symbol that they've now switched over to. Yeah, I think it comes down to uh, probably funding. Uh, there's a costume there. It's been designed. Um, there's probably a few props around that they can use. Um, they don't have Tom Willing in the suit as yet, so they can't use you know, uh, an image of him for the posters that they've created. So they're just using stock footage of Brandon Routh uh, in the costume to use, you know, for the shadows, for the reflections in these poster images that they've created, basically because it's going to save them money to do so. 
Now, if we're talking about cost, then do we have to be concerned that one of the reasons we may or may not see him in the full suit is also that they would then have to design multiple suits or at least one good-looking suit to to actually put him in? I mean, he's not going to fit into the exact specifications of the Brandon Routh suit. Yeah, good question. That's uh, something that remains to be seen. We'll just have to wait whether or not they're, you know, using this time uh, up their sleeve uh, to create the costume so that he can wear it at the at the final moment that he needs to. Um, they're not jumping the gun, I guess, but uh, you'd hope that they would have that in their budget for Season 10 um, going into it from the very beginning. Hopefully. Okay, now moving on with other TV talk, uh, the last thing we have on our TV discussion list is Young Justice, the new animated series on Cartoon Network. Uh, up to this point, they've uh, we saw the November one-hour premiere, which was the first two episodes in a one-hour time slot. They've since, in uh, January, uh, replayed those two episodes uh, separately, week after, one week after the other. Now, this week, we've just had the airing of Welcome to Happy Harbour, which was the third episode of the first season of Young Justice. I have not seen it as yet, as of this recording, but... Uh, What's your take on Young Justice so far, and did you see the third episode? I did not see the third episode. Uh, I have it on my TiVo right now, mm-hmm. so I'll be looking forward to that because I uh, I actually i am really happy with uh, what they've done here. I mean, in general, I'm not all that interested in the sidekicks. I'm yeah. not all that interested in teenagers and watching them run around. And, um, and I don't really think that I'm necessarily the, uh, the actual uh, viewership that they're looking to sure. – uh, pull in but i think that the animation is spectacular i mean uh it's better than uh, in my opinion it's better than justice league unlimited um it's 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 more realistic looking while still being a cartoon and uh i think i thought the 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 two-part opening was a really great uh well written a little bit of a change from superboy's origin Mm -hmm. but um you know they're just updating it and uh, we're not doing the whole doomsday thing so they had to bring him about somehow yep and I thought it was really good. Yeah, I enjoyed the the opening uh, hour, the the first two episodes. I thought they did a really good job. And like I said, the animation was really good. The designs of the characters were really good. Again, I'm not familiar with a lot of the, the sidekicks. I think, you know, uh, obviously Superboy in this version with, uh, you know, being the clone. And uh, Robin, obviously everybody knows Robin. But, um, right. you know, I'm, I'm familiar with the other characters by look. And I know whose sidekicks they are. But, uh, yeah, Young Justice, uh, interesting. And, and, again, I'm probably not the target audience they're aiming for, but uh, still interested nonetheless and uh, enjoying what they've done so far. So uh, we will look forward to Barry Fryman's review of Welcome to Happy Harbour, which will be on the website pretty much as you're listening to this episode of Radio KAL. Excellent. Okay, let's move on to talking about movie rumours and movie information and movie news. Now, uh, we've got this uh, rumoured production timeline for the Superman movie. They're pretty much saying that um, key key filming uh, will start in August. That's exciting. (laughs) I'm still, (laughs) you know, I'm still probably one of those people a little trepidatious about accepting that uh, we're going to have a new movie coming soon. But uh, if they keep to this timeline and and things actually start happening, I I think we're going to have to stop denying it. Well, I mean, let's just to clarify what the schedule was. Uh, and again, this was just from Collider.com, so it's not actually a Warner Brothers official 
uh, timeline. It's just uh, again one of those rumours from a so- you know a source claiming that uh, they've got a rough schedule layout, and they said that uh, principal photography begins twenty second of August this year, uh, and shooting will run until April twenty twelve, which seems like a very long. Uh, filming, uh, you know, uh, for for principal photography. Um, then they're saying that it will enter post production in May next year, and will continue until November, where it's set for release in mid December uh, in 2012. So, um, if that's true, and if that is a schedule that they're aiming to towards, then you'd think we, in the next couple of months we'd have to see some definite announcements regarding casting and what have you, because. Uh, principal photography supposedly begins in August. Yeah, uh, <laughs> seems like it's upon us a lot quicker than it should have been, just based on all the rumors and everything we didn't know. And now suddenly we're we're supposed to start shooting at the you know middle of this year, and we haven't heard anything else about it. So mm. we should start seeing things, I would think. Yeah, we should. And um, again, we, people are saying, "Oh, well, if that's if that's the case, and we haven't heard anything solid at this point, then it's not happening. It's all bull, you know, BS." Um, but uh, you know, Warner Brothers are only going to announce something when they're ready to announce it, and that could be the day before they start principal f- photography. For all we know, I mean, we've got to look back at Superman the movie. They started doing a lot of pre-production and stuff, and really ready, getting down to the nitty-gritty of principal photography before they even had Christopher Reeve cast. They were still looking at people like you know Richard Donner's wife's dentist as possible Superman because of the fact that they just couldn't find the person that they really wanted. So, you know, these things could take as long as they need to take and they will take as long as they take as far as I'm concerned uh, in regards to official announcements. Uh, well, let's not forget that uh, we have uh, we have Jeff Ward, who is clearly the <laughs> chosen uh, actor for the Superman role. I think Warner Brothers is just kind of keeping it under wraps right now because they want to surprise us. Yeah, that's uh, that's what you're going to get. I mean, that's the we're in the era of the internet, aren't we? Aren't we? Where we're going to get YouTube videos, <laughs> we're going to get fake photos, we're going to get fake announcements, and it makes it really hard for us to do our job properly because there are so many announcement out, announcements out there. Some of them look real, some of them across, come across as being fake, and then you just don't know where to draw the line as far as what to report because anything could be true. That's right. That's right. Now, of course, for those who didn't see it, we had that report on the website <laughs> a few weeks ago about this um, – actor that was on a green screen and in a Superman costume and anything is possible, I'm sure, but it's more than likely a, some sort of a fan film or a tribute or send up that the actor is doing himself. Exactly. I mean, that was, you know, real, um, setups, you know, there were expensive lights and, you know, cameras and, you know, that, that wasn't just a cheap guy with a, with a bit of a green cloth behind him. There was some, some money involved there, but whether or not, like you said, it's just a fan film, um, it's not one that we know about. It's not that Superman Requiem that we've heard about, and it's not that uh, porn parody that's going around at the moment either. It's something separate, whether or not he <laughs> set it up on his own uh, with some friends, I don't know, but um, he made a name for himself and he got some publicity for himself. Yeah, at least on um, Superman homepage and you know some other places. Exactly. I actually don't think it looks all that all that odd, to be honest with you. No, but uh, the people doing fingers up and thumbs up and you know posing for the camera seemed a bit strange for a you know um, a professional Warner Brothers casting thing. You know, you don't think that they would necessarily pose for photos, right? And it's also a kind of a small scale. They're not in a they're not in a big uh, studio. 
studio here. They're in some sort of a room, um, mm. <laughs> and they're laying on the floor, and they have little mirrors and things, and yeah. uh, they don't have big big scale studio production budget, but but definitely some sort of a budget because they do have equipment and you know. Yeah. So uh, well done to him for, or his wife, as some people are saying, for uh, making some publicity for himself. But uh, Natalie Portman was uh, rumoured to be in the runnings to play Lois Lane, uh, but uh, that was just pretty much um, because of her involvement with uh, a previous director who was named Aronofsky, I believe it was, uh, who was named as a possible sh- on the short list of directors before Zack Snyder was even um, announced as being the director. So Portman's, you know, uh, work with Aronofsky and Black Swan, I think it was, uh, put her in the limelight to play Lois Lane, but she was unaware of any of those rumours and pretty much she's not playing Lois Lane. Or is she unaware? (laughs) Is this this just a clever Warner Brothers spin to uh, keep us off track and maybe she's been told, you know, keep it under wraps, don't tell anyone? (laughs) Well, they are actors, so they can... uh, you know, if someone comes up to them, they can act shocked and, and put it off as being uh, totally something that they're unaware of. But, um, yeah, I mean, exactly. We can't really, you know, say anything's out of the question at this point in time because we don't know anything for sure. So uh, she may still be in the running, but uh, she, as far as quotes that she's been, you know, uh, as quoted as saying in, in interviews, she was unaware of the rumours and uh, that's all we can say at this point in time. That's it. Now, uh, All-Star Superman is uh, almost upon us. It's the next animated movie coming from Warner Premier Movies. Uh, It's uh, one that I'm looking forward to and will be released on February 22nd. Yeah, me too. I uh, loved uh, reading the, uh, what is it, 12-issue series uh, in comic book form. Uh, I won't give anything away, but obviously it's a bit of a downer for those of you who know. So I'm a little disappointed in that i'd rather have an uplifting uh but uh the animation looks real good and uh i've been pretty happy with these uh warner releases yeah now there's a um premiere happening in both new york and la um before the release of the dvd and blu-ray disc um the new york uh, premiere is on february 14th with the la one on february 17th now we will have uh two reporters attending the la premiere uh, on behalf of the Superman homepage, so we'll be there for the red carpet interviews. Uh, we'll, you know, have um, spoiler-free reviews of the animated film before its release on DVD and Blu-ray. So uh, look forward to that in uh, mid to late February. Uh, Very cool. Yeah, we've got uh, Jeffrey Bridges and uh, Rennie Cowan uh, attending for the Superman homepage. So uh, that's the premiere at the Paley Center for Media. Um, there are they're probably gone by now, but there are some a limited number of free tickets available for the general public. Um, I'll give you the information here if anybody still wants to try. Um, the New York City area uh, email address to RSVP is allstarsupermanny at gmail.com. Or if you want to go try to get to the LA one, if there are still tickets available on February 17th, it's allstarsupermanla at gmail.com. So try your luck. You never know. There might still be free tickets available for the general public. Man, get on that if you want to go. Yeah. Now, uh, what else have we got to talk about? I think we're going to move into comics uh, discussions now. Um, oh, uh, we've got uh, Superman and Action Comics. Uh, Superman, I think, 707. Yep. And uh, Action Comics 896 was uh, the part one of the two-part 
story that ended with Secret Six number twenty nine, uh, the Lex Luthor Secret Six uh, crossover. Um, what do, what are your thoughts on this grounded storyline? What do you make of it in Superman? Well, I have kind of a mixed feelings on it, um, but I do. I, I feel I think more pleased with it than what I've been hearing from from a lot of fans. Um, because I think I can understand how uh, a guy that has gone through as much as he has gone through in the last year or so might feel the need to kind of come down to earth a little bit and uh, reconnect with humanity in a way that he hasn't done in quite a while. I mean, gone on another planet for a year. And um, I think he feels like he kind of let people down in a way. So uh, I kind of like where it's going. Yeah, I mean, I can understand, like you said, the premise, but I just think that the delivery of the of the story has been a bit of a letdown. It just seems to be dragging on. Um, I don't see – it seems to be – and Adam DeChannel, who was reviewed issue 707, said this in his review. It seems like a rinse and repeat type of scenario where it's, you know, he walks into the town, there's some kind of issue, he deals with it, and he moves on. And it just seems to be a bit repetitive. Yeah, I can see that. It's definitely it is kind of um, kind of like an epi- epi- yeah formula. Sh- I was gonna say like a formula TV show where you know uh, actor one is gonna pass out in the opening scene. We're gonna go to the preview and then the the, the or the theme song and then the rest of the show is gonna be about how they figure out what's wrong with the person. <laughs> uh, you, you know, week after week. Uh, but uh, on the other hand. You you could you could go as far as to say every comic book is is from week to week is like that. Uh, a villain shows up, uh, does some damage, does something bad, and the hero comes in, stops him, and uh, happiness for all uh, at the end. True. In general, true. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, and I, what's his name? Um, new writer has come on. I'm just looking up his name. Who's taking over from uh, J. Michael Szynski? And, uh, you know, he's got an unenviable task, really, of uh, Chris Robertson's his name, of uh, taking on the notes by JMS and making it his own. And, um, you know, I, I look forward to seeing what he's doing and when he can branch out a bit more on his own and, and not necessarily have to follow uh, the, the notes, you know, once he gets past JMS's initial um, what he'd written. Uh, because he, he's a Superman fan, Chris Robertson, and he... Uh, he's, you know, this is kind of like a dream come true for him. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him be able to stretch his legs and, and, and do his own, stamp his own authority on this story. Could be good. Maybe to see a little bit more of what perhaps you and, and others are looking for in that less formulaic uh, and kind of a, a moving forward of the plot as opposed to just uh, the same kind of thing over and over each each month. And I think the criticism stems from the fact that this is the only book we've got Superman in. Action Comics is now centered on Lex Luthor for the time being. And, yeah, okay, Superman, Batman is doing its own thing. It's outside of continuity to a degree. So, really, the Superman title is the only one we have Superman in. And if you're not getting the type of Superman that you're really excited about reading, then you don't have any alternatives at this point in time, really. So, you know, we don't have Adventures of Comics anymore. We don't have Superman anymore. We don't have Superman the Man of Steel anymore. We've only got the two centric Superman regular titles, and one of them doesn't have Superman in it. Yeah, I, I've been wondering that. When I, when I went to the, 
New York City Comic Con a couple of years ago. I think it was uh, 2009. They were talking about the new Krypton Sega and how in Superman and in Action Comics, Superman wouldn't even be present. And one of the questions I asked of them was, is this is this indicative of Superman sales, Superman popularity? Is this because uh, the powers that be at at DC are finding it necessary to try and breathe new life um, without the archaic Superman in them? Um, And they really didn't answer it in a way that I felt satisfactory. But they did say, you know. Superman's not going anywhere. Uh, we're we're excited about these new characters, and they're always going to be related to Superman, and you're going to feel his presence even if he's not there. And now that that storyline's over, I think a lot of people were hoping that we'd get more back to normal, where mm. we'd see Superman in his own books. And it looks like, at least for the time being, uh, now it's Lex Luthor in, in action, where it was... Um, Flamebird and Nightwing before. Are yeah. we going to get yet another character to focus on uh, after Lex Luthor? Or, or, or are we going to – I mean what, what, when's it going to end? Or is Superman so – are they so afraid to release Superman books that they just got to keep changing it up? Yeah, it's interesting. And, um, you know, I've enjoyed Paul Cornell's run on Action Comics. Uh, I think, you know, Lex Luthor is a character worthy of carrying his own story. But um, – we're Superman fans, you know, and what makes Lex Luthor great is having him be the arch enemy of Superman. So seeing the two of them combat their wits, you know, uh, uh, against each other. So, you know, Lex Luthor on his own, not that exciting. Lex Luthor against Superman, sure thing. Um, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing just where they can bring this all back into focus and, uh, you know, let Superman be the star of his books once again. What I do like about the Lex Luthor storyline going on in action comics though and i think that they could have done this maybe in his own book or and maybe they felt like it wouldn't sell if they released another luthor series or um i think that they're covering they're delving deeper into his feelings his personality uh the things that drive him yeah. and and maybe we're going to learn more about him as we move on uh in his quest for these black rings and the, the power that they contain so I always like to – a lot of times Luthor's just a mwahaha. He's the guy standing in the background kind of pulling the strings on other villains that are doing things. And I always like to see a little bit more into his uh, motivations and, sure. and his feelings. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, let's move into what seems to be another kind of storyline set in the Superman world of, of family characters, and that's the Reign of Doomsday saga. Uh, which started with Steel Number One. Uh, always good to see John Henry Irons uh, back in focus, and goes on to another a, a range of different other titles, including uh, the Superman Batman Annual Number Five. So uh, Doomsday, good or bad, seeing seeing him back. I always get excited when Doomsday is set to return. Um, I, he has been used quite a few times, and uh, seemingly gets put back in his place at the end of each. Uh, different incarnation. Uh, it's a little interesting to see. I'm a little interested to see how, where they're how they're going to have this character show up in all in, in these other you know Superboy, Supergirl. You know he took out the entire Justice League. He mm. killed Superman. Uh, I'm not sure how they're going to face him in this particular incarnation without it being a travesty for all involved. Yeah, well, in the at the end of Steel Number One, he seems to not want to kill Steel. He just took the unconscious body of John Henry Irons and uh, flew away somewhere. Um, so what his motivations are or its motivations are, 
uh, remain to be seen. But part two continues on into Outsiders, number 37. Part three is then in Justice League of America, number 55. Uh, part four is Superman, Batman, Annual, number five. Uh, part five is in Superboy, number six. And then part six, we don't know at this stage. Uh, it's still got a question mark as to which issue the part six of this uh, reign of doomsday will uh, will be in. How many parts do we know? Parts, six parts. I've it's a six told. part. Yeah. So we've already seen part one in Steel number one, and Outsiders number 37 is the next, uh, is part two of the story. All right. Do you, I, I'm not a reader of Outsiders. I mean, I'd have to pick it up. I wasn't a reader of Secret Six either. And I picked up that number, issue number 29, to read the second part of that Lex Luthor story. So Outsiders number 37 will be on my pull list at my comic store. But uh, so these, these kind of things seem to be a way of trying to get readers to pick up a new title and maybe they'll continue on picking up uh, issues after that one. But uh, I'll just be picking up Outsiders number 37 for the Doomsday story and that's it. Yeah, that's what I'll have to do as well. I was going to mention that when we were talking about Action Comics before. People tend to get a little miffed um, when the uh, larger publishing companies do this kind of thing mm. because it seems to be a way just to milk more money out of out of the fans who keep you going. And uh, why do you want to do that? But uh, I agree with you. It's definitely about trying to get more readership for these other lesser-known books and uh, – you know, I'll get it. I'm, I was disappointed to see that part two of that Lex Luthor story was going to be in a book I've never picked up and never yeah. really known about. But I guess that is the the way it is. There's also a secondary story going on in action that I wanted to bring up with you. This yeah. Jimmy Olsen story. Yes. What, what What's your take on this? Well, you know, I'm a fan. I was a fan of that kind of storyline. I actually was more interested uh, reading the Jimmy Olsen story to some degree than the Lex Luthor story because there was all these other tertiary villains that I wasn't really interested in happening in that story. But um, now that, that that secondary story is actually going to be breaking out into its own comic book title and we'll be getting Jimmy Olsen number one in a couple of weeks' time where they'll recap all those uh, pages that we've seen in Action Comics as well as some additional new pages. But, um, yeah, again, it's just a, it's another Superman book, which is always a good thing. But again, Superman's not going to be in it. Um, no. But uh, it, it introduces Chloe Sullivan to the comic book world, so I guess that's a good thing. That's nice. Now, didn't they say we weren't getting Chloe Sullivan? We were, then we weren't, and, and now we apparently we clearly are. <laughs> uh, they don't seem to be able to make up their mind. But I, I found it myself to be a little silly, yeah. a little, and maybe it's more in the vein of uh, uh, for kids, like yeah. young uh, readers. Um, but a little over the top, little little silver agey, um, very um, tongue in cheek, kind of kind of goofy. Even the way they write the um, the wording, the, the little whatever the font is that they're using, yeah. um, it's got that style. Which uh, so far, it's it hasn't really been doing too much for me. Yeah, it's a little bit goofy. And that story about these aliens who want to come to Earth to party and destroy the planet after they've partied. <laughs> That's that's a bit uh, far fetched and like you said, adolescent in its right. uh, in its um, where it's aiming at. Uh, but sometimes a bit of goofiness is you know is all right. Um, I used to like the Super Friends title, which was definitely aimed at you know prepubescent kids. Um, and you know again, comic books don't always have to be so serious and so dark and so sinister. Um, you know, there's there's no harm in a bit of goofiness from time to time. 
That can be true, I suppose. <laughs> Obviously, not your cup of tea. I don't think you'll be. Well, now we have Mixia's Pitalex daughter or or girl or somebody that, for some reason, is into Jimmy Olsen, and, and they're at the wedding day now, and that's the big cliffhanger. Uh oh. Oh. Get out. <laughs> Who cares? Well, uh, That's what I say. <laughs> well, anything involving Mixie, I love. I love Mixie's yeah. Lick. True. <laughs> but um, okay, well, maybe you could uh, put your thoughts about the Super, the Jimmy Olsen story into a fan letter and send it off to DC Comics because they're now publishing fan letters back into the comic books. Exciting! Did you ah. like that? Did you like that segue? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> that, was great. that was like uh, you, 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 that was like premier broadcast journalism right there. <laughs> Steve yes. Eunice, everybody. Steve Eunice. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Try the wheel. I'm here all week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wrote some letters when they had the fan letters in there before. And uh, uh, I don't think I ever got published. So I'm clearly not a great writer. <laughs> but I was looking to get a baldy. Now, are they going to bring these baldies back? Or do we know anything about that? No. You know what? That's something we'll have to ask Matt Idelson. Now, Matt will be the, obviously the guy answering the questions put in the fan letter pages of the Superman comic books. Um, and he will be continuing on the Ask Matt fan forum at the Superman homepage as well. So don't think that the uh, letter pages in the DC Comics books will uh, you know, mean that Matt Idelson will have to give up doing what he does for the Superman homepage. So you know, he's graciously said that he'll be continuing on as long as we'll have him. So um, the Matt, uh, Ask Matt fan forum will continue on at the Superman homepage, and we should ask him that. Uh, I'll put that to him the next time. Will the Baldies return? Will the Baldy Award come back into uh, the DC letter pages at DC Comics? And if not, maybe we can bring them into the Ask Matt fan forum. Yeah, well, why not? Why not? <laughs> and to just be sure that you don't ask him what a Baldy is because we know that there's punishment for that. That's right, yeah. If you ask what that is, you, just, you never find out. It's, you, like, exactly. you, you go into the Phantom Zone. Right. <laughs> yeah, but um, fan letter pages, I think it's a great idea. Um, yes, the delay of having your letter published and answered uh, between when you send it and when it actually finally gets printed uh, is a factor, and which was why they decided to get rid of them in the first place a couple of years ago because the internet was, you know, uh, an immediate um, response uh, mechanism. But they – and they had a, a like an Ask the Editor feature at the DC Comics website, but that's kind of fell by the wayside. So I think they figured – you know what? We're not really doing anything with the last page of our comic books. Why not bring back the fan letters and and uh, let's hear what the fans have to say in the co- in, a, in a fan letters page in the comic books? I've personally been a little annoyed by the uh, little the spot that they use now for the advertisements or uh, somebody writing a letter or talking about their you know it's like a blog. visit to the yeah. It's uh, it's been a bit bothersome, <laughs> so I'm kind of glad that the the letters are coming back, and you can read them or not read them, but exactly. at least it's not some self servicing um, blog, as you say. Yeah. So uh, fan letters returning to the DC comic books. Uh, I think they come back in April, so uh, in the next few months. So look for those in the back of your DC comics books now. Uh, April first. April, April Fools. Uh, we're not bringing we're not the <laughs> fan letters back. Yeah, that would be a cruel joke. Yes, uh, it would. But uh, what they are doing is dropping also the uh, Comics Code Authority from the covers of their uh, of their comic books, the little seal dun, dun, of approval. Dun. Yeah, and you wonder just how much uh, and how credible or how relevant the Comics Code Authority is in this day and age. I mean, it was brought about, you know, when we were a bit more in, I think it was, I don't know when it was first brought out, but I'm probably guessing 50s, 60s maybe. 
Uh, and it seemed to be, you know, like the Comics Code Authority had to say, yes, this is, we stamped this with our approval to say that it's, you know, uh, um, right reading material for people of such an age and, you know, doesn't contain anything that would be, uh, you know, disapproved by parents or what have you. Did we already get to the point where that's been removed or when is that? Do we know when no, that's that, happening? That'll be happening again in uh, comics with an April cover date. Or April, or sorry, comics coming out in, in April, I think it is. Uh, it was just recently announced. So uh, I think it's comic books with a March cover date released in April. Okay. So I have a March cover date here. That's uh, Superman 707. And okay, I don't well, then see the... No, then it's books coming out with an April cover date. Okay, because I don't see the seal on it. I don't know where that would be, but uh, I kind of like it. I mean, well, just I mean, because I think that fans are, tend to be um, older now in general, yeah. and they have some of the they have some of the books coming out that are aimed at a younger audience. That of course will have material suitable for that age, and um, it just means it doesn't. I, I've heard some fan comments that. Oh well, so now what? We get to see Superman, you know, getting naked. No, I mean, I don't, I don't really think that that's going to be the uh, the purpose of it. I just think that uh, they may think it's kind of an archaic thing to be going by. It came out fifty, sixty, seventy years ago, and uh, we don't necessarily need to be censored in our Superman books because, again, they're not really about characters getting naked or or that kind of thing, no. but. When things get grim or things get serious, we don't have to necessarily worry about what we're putting into our books if, if the Comics Code Authority is going to have a problem with it or not. Well, and that's the thing. DC Comics is not just saying, hey, we're just throwing open all our morals and ethics and having, you know, doing whatever we want. They're, they're removing the Comics Code Authority seal of approval, but they're replacing it with their own rating system. So books will have a rating system. An E will be for everyone, meaning appropriate for age, readers of all ages. Uh, T will be for teens, appropriate for readers aged 12 and older. Uh, T plus, uh, teen plus, will be appropriate for readers aged 16 and older. And M is for mature, meaning appropriate for readers of eight, 18 and older. So, um, you know, it's, I think it's a clearer uh, system, uh, just like similar to, uh, say, game, video games or DVDs, where they have, you know, a, a rating system that people can understand. Just because something's got a Steal of, seal of approval from the Comics Code Authority doesn't really give you any idea of just what kind of age group uh, the book is, is intended for. So I think this rating system is a good idea. Yeah, it's streamlining the process. I think it's going to work well. Exactly, and uh, it pretty much puts them in line with the rest of the publishing industry. So um, I don't think it's really a big deal, but uh, obviously it was a major announcement for a lot of people. Now, the last thing we wanted to touch on was video games, as we just mentioned about the rating system there. Video games, DC Comics, DC Universe Online launched January 11th uh, to big fanfare, and it's been a long time coming. It's been, seems like, years they've been talking about this game. Um, I'm not a gamer myself. I don't have a PlayStation 3, and um, I'm, I don't have a P Windows PC, so I haven't downloaded or installed or bought DC Universe Online. Um, are you a gamer? Well, let me tell you this, Steve. You should be. You should <laughs> rush out to your store, your local uh, whatever passes for Best Buy in Australia, and, and get yourself a PS3 with DC Universe Online. And I say this because I played the beta, and uh, the game is just great fun. I mean, you you have a lot of ability to make your character the way you want it to be, whether villain or, or hero. And uh, there's just a lot of cool missions and quests. 
Uh, I haven't played the actual store-dropped version yet. Uh, I hope to soon. I actually have it uh, uh, at a local store that i got to pick up yet. So I'll be playing that in the next week or so. I'll talk about that later. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in seeing the improvements they put in because there were a few glitches and bugs in the, in the, in the beta. But that's the whole point yeah. of having the beta. So, uh, but I think it's great, and I, I think people are going to really enjoy it. Cool. Yeah, well, I mean, I would love to play it, and I just think I'd lose myself and lose too many hours a day playing <laughs> the game. I, th- I've, I, I think I'm an addictive type of personality where it, when, once I latch onto something, I give it my all, uh, which you can see from the Superman homepage. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, I think I would, it would be detrimental to my work and my marriage uh, if I <laughs> bought DC Universe online and really got involved in it because it does seem like something that would take hours and hours and hours out of your day. It would seem like so much fun. And I encourage all people who are playing the game and who are Superman homepage members, jump on the message boards there because there is a, for, uh, a thread going on about people who are saying, yeah, let's get onto the same server and try to do the same missions together and form a Superman homepage kind of group. Uh, and do missions together, so that would be kind of cool. And also, while you're on the Superman homepage, uh, Jeffrey Taylor did a uh, a review, uh, his initial thoughts on the game, uh, and uh, he seems to be in the same uh, the same you know with have the same ideas as you, Scotty. He seems to really enjoy it, and yeah, he says there are you know a few glitches that. The first week, especially the servers, I think were overloaded, and you know, and for them, there was always going to be a bit of a, um, you know, uh, an early setback as regards to how many people were trying to get on, a bit of teething problems. But DC Universe Online seems to be a fantastic game for the people who have started on it, and uh, it's out there now in a PlayStation Three version, and there are two versions for Windows PCs. I think there's a collector's edition and a standard edition or something like that. So uh, DC Universe Online, it's got Scotty's stamp of approval. Absolutely. I wasn't even aware that there was a PS3 collector's edition until uh, Jeffrey's uh, review. So read that because you can, you, I, I mean, go to the Superman homepage and, and find out stuff you didn't even know. I thought I had to buy the PC version in order to get the collector's, there uh, but there's a, there's a PS3 one too. Okay, well, that's our discussion topics. Let's move into the big question segment of the show. Let's start with the big question. Okay, well, what was last month's question? Uh, you've got it there, uh, I believe, Scotty. I do. Uh, what Superman-related presents did you get or buy this Christmas? Yes, uh, whether it's something that you actually got for somebody else, something you got for you, uh, someone, something that somebody bought for you, uh, something you bought for somebody else, something that you hoped to get and never got. Um, here are the responses. First up, we had Calvin Bowes who wrote. For Christmas, Starla is getting something awesome. She's right now staying with her grandmother as I'm having this done. She's getting a Superman room, Superman computer TV, and on the ceiling of her room is going to be a mural of Superman and Supergirl flying in the stars. She's also getting a Supergirl Barbie and lots of Superman action figures and a bunch of trade Superman books. I know she'll be telling you all about it. It hurt my wallet but a, li- a little bit, but uh, a girl's smile is worth it. Uh, that's very. That's that's a great father's gift to his daughter. And now I believe you've got uh, Starla's response there to read. I do. I wish I was Starla. <laughs> <laughs> 
Starla Bowes wrote, I got the biggest surprise when I came home from Grandma's house and after midnight mass. I went to my room to see my bedroom door was painted to be a phone booth. And when I got inside, I found I had a Superman room with Supergirl curtains and bedsheets. I have a Superman computer and a Superman TV. And on my ceiling is painted Superman and Supergirl flying over my bed. I also have a bookcase with about 30 Superman big books. I am one lucky girl. Wow. That, now that's an awesome present. That's that's really cool. Well done, Calvin. Uh, next up, we had Samuel Moon write. I wanted to start my, by saying thanks for the great show and super website. Oh, thank you, Samuel. Uh, he says I got several Superman presents for Christmas. I got a Superman beanie, long sleeve distressed Superman shirt, and a custom made Superman pillow with a shield on one side and a shot of the man is still flying over Metropolis on the opposite. My favorite Superman gift I got this Christmas was from my little sister. She made me a shield out of clay. It looks just like the original triangular shield. It rocks. Very cool. Yes. Thank you, Samuel. Uh, Chris G. wrote, I discovered the Superman homepage about six months ago. I've been listening to Radio Cal ever since. I must say you do a great job. Here's my answer to this month's big question. I got the Superman queen-size blanket for Christmas this year. It came directly from supermansuperstore.com. Thank you again for doing a great job. Uh, thank you, Chris. Uh, great presence there. Now, uh, Kyle Benning wrote, Hey, Steve, and welcome aboard, Scott. Uh, for Christmas, I got the 2010 Hallmark Superman Christmas ornament, 2011 Smallville calendar, Superman boxes, tin with Jim Lee art, Superman number 300 t-shirt and tin, the tradition, traditional blue Superman t-shirt with tin from Coles, uh, Superman Man of Steel tin lunchbox, and Superman comfy throw Snuggie. I had a great Christmas and hope you guys did as well. Well, thank you, Kyle. Yes, thanks for welcoming me aboard as well. Um, let's see. Ah, Mikey B says that this Christmas he brought himself the Christopher Reeve action figure by Mattel. I've waited a long time to get action figures from the movie series. I now have Superman and Zod, and I'm looking forward to getting Lex. Thank you for all your hard work on the show. I already miss Neil, but I'm looking forward to hearing Scotty's thoughts and opinions. Well, thank you. Thank you. There's uh, Mikey B, a regular to the show. Um, what's our new big question for this month, Scotty? Well, we're talking about DC Universe Online, so what better question than if you've started playing DC Universe Online, what are your thoughts so far? Yes, get involved with the big question segment of the show by letting us know what you think of DC Universe Online, the video game. You can get involved by sending us an email by clicking on the big question button found at the Superman homepage. Uh, and we'll read out your responses in next month's podcast. Or you could also re uh, record your own audio answer and we'll play that in the podcast. So uh, get involved with the big question segment of the show. Metropolis struggles to recover. <coughs> we are never going to be done. Sure we will, Matt. It's not the first time the Steelworks has been damaged, and sadly, I'm sure it won't be the last. As old foes reemerge. Why must we remain in a cave, sire? It's so unbecoming for someone of your station. Because I don't feel like bringing the House of El to our doorstep before we're ready to end their pitiful existence. And strange things are afoot at Metropolis General. Recently, there was an incident here at the hospital, and, uh, well, perhaps it would be best to let those involved speak for themselves. Ms. Lane, Mr. Kent, 
As some of you may know, my husband and I came here recently for the birth of our daughter. My wife, my daughter, and I are fine, and Superman helped repair the damage to the hospital. Season 6 of Superman, The Last Son of Krypton, kicks off in issue 73 on January 26, 2011, only at PendantAudio.com. When the danger is over... Yeah, it was all science and big words and blah, 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 nerd stuff. It's time for Metropolis to put itself back together. That's it? That's all you found? Yeah. I can't go walking around looking like this. And figure out where everyone stands. You sound pretty worried about her. Are you getting sentimental or something? Hey, I ain't no softy. If you say so. Tune in to Supergirl, Lost Daughter of Krypton, Episode 45, coming January 26th at PendantAudio.com. Bailey's Bookshelf. Uh, Michael Bailey returns with another trade paperback review, so we'll hand over to Michael now and see what he's got for us. Hey everybody, and welcome back to Bailey's Bookshelf, the feature here on Radio KAL, where I walk over to the bookcase in the palatial fortress of Baileytude, pick out a Superman trade, hardcover, or novel to discuss, and give y'all the skinny on it. For this first Bailey's Bookshelf of 2011, I have chosen a book that has a copyright date of 2006, but features stories that came out in 2005. Superman Sacrifice collects Superman Volume 2, number 218 to 220, Adventures of Superman number 442 and 443, Action Comics 829, and Wonder Woman 219 and 220. Let me, let me kind of set the scene for those of you who weren't reading the books uh, at the time that these this story came out. You had Superman, you had Adventures of Superman, and you had Action Comics. And they were pretty much autonomous as titles. Mark Verheiden in Superman, with Ed Benes providing the majority of the art, was following his own track. Greg Rucka and Carl Kershaw were going their own way in Adventures of Superman. And Gail Simone and John Byrne were trucking along in Action Comics. And that's a trade paperback of their work on action. Is something I have discussed in a previous Radio KAL. And I had pretty much gotten used to this by the time this story came about. And when it was announced that the Superman titles were actually going to be connected for the first time since about 2002, I got really, really excited. And the story lived up to my expectations. We have Superman fighting different villains through the course of the Superman Adventures of Superman and action stories. You know, Brainiac's there, Darkseid's there, but it all seems to not make a whole lot of sense until it is revealed that the entire time Superman has been mind-controlled by Maxwell Lord. And this is what brings Wonder Woman into it, because she has to face off against Superman, lest the Man of Steel kill Batman. And this was the moment that really sparked off a lot of the events of Infinite Crisis, story-wise at least, because this was the story where Wonder Woman killed Maxwell Lord. And that was a really big deal at the time. They, they really harped on that 
uh, all the way up through Infinite Crisis, and then even a little bit afterwards. It was a a subplot I was never really satisfied with in their resolution, because I think they kind of brushed it under the rug really quick, whereas Greg Rucka was really trying to deal with it in the pages of Wonder Woman. But regardless of all that, this was a really neat story to read, and really added to the excitement that I felt at the time for Infinite Crisis. And I still hold that I enjoy those stories, even though it took the DC Universe in a direction that I didn't really agree with that. The interesting thing about this trade is it just doesn't collect those three Superman issues and the Wonder Woman issue. It goes back a little bit and explores some of the things that Mark Verheiden was playing with in the Superman titles. He did this very interesting thing that I that I love to death. Was he had an issue that is reprinted in this uh, this collection, where a History Channel, Learning Channel, Discovery Channel type place thing. I, uh, I didn't want to say channel again, so I kind of fumbled through that. I do apologize. But where a Discovery Channel type channel had a feature on what if Superman went crazy? What would happen? And I loved that because if you watch the History Channel or the Discovery Channel or the Learning Channel, there are a lot of shows showing, you know, it's like you almost want to rename these things the How We're Gonna Die channel. And I appreciated that because it showed a lot of thought on the part of Mark Verheiden. And reading those stories and seeing the Black Rock stuff that leads up, uh, that doesn't quite lead up to the story, but kind of leads up to it, it all ties in together and makes for a really satisfying trade paperback read. More than anything, the writing on the part of Verheiden and Rucka and Simone and the art by Ed Benes, John Byrne, Carl Kershaw, Rags Morales, uh, David Lopez, Ron Randall, Jorge Ginti, Tom Derenick, Tony Daniel... It's, it just makes for not only a really well-written story, but also a story that has some fantastic artwork as well. So I am really going to recommend, if you can still find it, Tracking Down Superman's Sacrifice. And if you can, try to track down the other trades leading up to Infinite Crisis as well, because if you read them all together and then read Infinite Crisis... Infinite Crisis is a much more satisfying read. It's not something you have to do, but it's something that you can do that will just make the story have a little more depth, uh, at least in my opinion. And that is it for this month. Uh, Just a quick reminder that every Thursday right here at the Superman homepage, you can find From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast hosted by myself and Jeffrey Taylor. In that show, Jeff and I go through every Superman comic from Man of Steel number one in 1986 to Adventures of Superman number 649 in 2006. So check that out. And now back to Stephen Scott. Thank you, Michael. Now, remember, if you have a trade paperback you would like Michael to review, you can send him your uh, your, your uh, requests to michael at supermanhomepage.com, and Michael will try to get that in a future podcast. Super secret soundbite. What did we have last show? Our last shows came from the Smallville Season 5, Episode 9, Lexmas. Yeah. We have two people that guessed it correctly. 
Kelvin Rodriguez and David Abraham. Good job, guys. Yeah, congratulations to Kelvin and David. Uh, That was a pretty uh, obscure episode, but uh, obviously with Christmas uh, just having passed us, I thought I'd pick out a Christmas-related episode from Smallville. You tricky man. (laughs) Uh, Very transparent. But uh, only two people got it right, so uh, let's see if more can guess which episode of Smallville this sound comes from. Making somebody keep a secret like that, Chloe, uh, all it does is hurt people. Well, if you think you know which episode of Smallville that sound came from, use the super secret soundbite entry form found at the Superman homepage and send your entry in. Each person who guesses it right will have their name read out in the next Radio KAL podcast. Superman Song Time. Now, uh, we had a request by Todd McCurchin, who I believe it was his birthday, or it is his birthday coming up. Uh, Now, uh, Todd's obviously a Miley Cyrus fan because he's requested a song titled Supergirl by Miley Cyrus, which is the seventh track off the Hannah Montana 3 soundtrack, uh, which is available from Disney Music. And uh, are you a Miley Cyrus fan, Scotty? Uh, well, to some degree, my daughter walks around singing them, singing the songs all day. So it's fun to see that. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, let her uh, listen to this one because here is Miley Cyrus singing Supergirl.
Supergirl. Well, there you have it. That's the show for another month. The first show of 2011 and the first show of Scotty being a co-host. So uh, what did you think of it, Scotty? How did you think, how did you feel about your first episode? I feel good. <laughs> it, was, it was a great, great time and uh, I'm glad to be here. Happy 2011, everybody. Yeah, well, that's the show for another month, as I said. Remember, if you've got a suggestion for a topic you'd like Scotty and I to discuss, maybe there's a song you'd like us to play, just like uh, Todd McCurchin requested. Maybe there's a trade paperback you'd like Michael Bailey to review, or perhaps there's a big question you'd like to pose to the fandom. Well, all those suggestions can be sent to us using the KAL feedback form found at the Superman homepage, and we'll endeavour to use those suggestions in a future podcast. But for now, that's all. Thank you, Scotty. Thank you. You've been listening to Radio KAL from supermanhomepage.com.